JD Talking Sports. It is Wednesday, May 17th, 2017. That's JD Talking Sports. Drop the G on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, subscribe on iTunes. Also, I've seen a lot of people listen to the podcast. Love you to rate me. Would really help me out. It would make me very happy today. So my buddy Michael's play today, the lucky one, at the Mint Theater on 42nd between 8th and 9th. Get a chance, go see it. Did a great job. Played a character named Wentworth. It was fun. You know, it's fun to see your friends up on stage. Schmacked, and as we used to call it in grad school. Did a good job. Play was a little slow, first half. But I like how it ended, and that's all that matters. It left me with a good taste in my mouth. Now, the thing that was on my mind right now was that last night, Game 2 of the Western Conference Finals NBA, and that's Tuesday, today's Wednesday, right? Right it is. Golden State, San Antonio, they're not planning to get until Saturday. They need three full freaking days off. The Wizards Celtic series that just ended, that went seven games, took 16 days to play. Why? I know it's I know it's a TV. I know it's the money deal. Ridiculous. I just don't understand. Now, the Cavs were up at the half, I don't know, by 27 points. And actually, Celtics cut it to 17. LeBron has scored 31. One more points in seven straight games. The first player to do that in the playoffs since Shaquille in 2002-2003. He actually felt kind of weird. I thought he hurt his ankle, but who knows. But I, I just don't get, I don't think there's, you know, and I hope Kawhi Leonard could come back. Actually, a Spurs fan sued the Golden State Warriors. And, you know, I don't want to butcher his name. It's, is it, it's Zaza Petrulia for giving that for that foul on Kawhi Leonard who ended up missing game one where they were what were they twenty five since he went out Kawhi Leonard they have been outscored by sixty one points last night's game one one thirty six one hundred over seventy points seventy two points I think in the first half for Golden State sixty three points from the bench they just had a killer killer game killer game. Maybe that's the wrong choice of words, but damn, that was that was an ass whooping, and it looked like the Cavs were on an ass whooping. They got it down to seventeen. It's twenty. I haven't checked since. I'm going to talk a little baseball right now. The Mets just completed an zero and six road trip. Zero and six. They haven't done that since. Uh, oh, I don't know. A road trip of more six or more games they haven't gone winless since going 0-6 in 99. Do the math. 18 years ago that happened. That is out of that's out of control, man. And listen, Mets are now 16 and 23. They haven't had a seven-game losing streak since June 2015, was before the Cespedes trade. Conforto, though, hit his tenth home run today. Lagares hit his first. They end up losing 5-4 on Chris Herman's game uh, walk-off in the eleventh. Rafael Montero was the sixth pitcher for the Mets today. Came in with a nine ERA. But Matt Harvey hey, went over five, six hits, three runs, four baseball balls, five Ks. No Met pitcher, listen to this, no Met pitcher has... Yeah, I had a stat here that I wanted to talk about. 
No pitcher has gone into the seventh has gone seven innings since April twenty eighth. Right? Is that right? Yeah. Sixteen straight games without a starter getting into the seventh inning. Their starters are averaging five point four innings pitch, which is only four teams are worse than that than the Mets. And the last time, yes, yeah, seven innings, April twenty eighth. And in the last nine world games, the Mets have given up eighty three runs. That's do the math. That is over nine a game. Familia was moved to the 60-day DL. They signed Neil Ramirez, who in nine games this year with San Francisco, he also played with, I think, Toronto. 8.71 ERA, 27 years old. He is the eighth reliever for the Mets. They put as Drupal Cabrera on the 10-day DL with a, I think it's his left thumb. Yeah, I'm sorry, sprained left thumb. Listen, this thing isn't getting better. I don't know if 10 days is going to do the difference, but he is, he's walking wounded. But Conforto, man, 10 home runs. Mets now 16 and 23. Arizona 24 and 18. And Arizona, 18 of their 24 wins have come at home. So they just swept the Mets. Not a good, oof. Not, not pretty at all. Now, I'm not sure if the Mets are off tomorrow. I wanted to check to see how the Mets, if the Mets are home or away tomorrow. The Mets are they are next time they they play they host the Angels for a weekend series. Angels 21 and 21 come into the series. Then they host the Padres for 3 and then they go to the Pirates. And the Padres are 15 20. Hey, Mets can go. Hey, let's see. Mets go 6 and 0 at the, on home at the, on the home stand right now. That'd be kind of funny. And Yasmani Tomas five RBIs during the three games, two home runs. 11 games versus the Mets, six home runs, 14 RBIs. Some guys are just, you know, Buster Posey is, is hit home runs in three straight games. Here's now Tomas with two home runs, five RBIs in three games. Not pretty. Seven-game losing streak for the Mets, 16 and 23. Well, good thing is tomorrow, Stephen Matz out with elbow inflammation and Seth Lugo also out with elbow inflammation are scheduled to pitch for a Class A St. Lucie tomorrow. Hopefully they'll get better and they can get back out there. Now, the Mets, you know, I I read this, James Wagner from the Times, I read this. No point during last season were they more than three games under 500. 2015, they were one game under. Well, six game under, they haven't been since the last week of 2014. Also, they're nine, nine and a half games back from the Nationals. Uh, Tommy Malone, Pitched all right last night. Did not get the got a no decision. Guest in Tuesday night's game, which the Mets lost. Not a, not a good sixty. Wow, amazing six. Now seventeen straight games that a pitcher did not go more than six innings. Out of control, man. And the overwork. And listen to this. The overworked bullpen. Listen to this. They, the Mets lead the major leagues in two categories. This total appearances by relievers, 149 entering Tuesday, and most outings by relievers with no days of rest, 49. The league averages are 118 and 22 for the outings by relievers with no days of rest. And of the 13 relievers in the majors with at least 20 outings this season, going to Tuesday's games, four of them, Jer- Jerry Blevins, Fernando Salas, Addison Reed, and Hansel 
Hansel Robles were Mets, and Josh Edgen was close behind with 19. Now, did Josh Edgen pitch today because the Mets went to, you know what? Actually, the Mets probably did go to six pitchers today. And Josh Edgen did, yes, he got in the game again. So now you have five pitchers. Crazy, man. Oof, not pretty. Not pretty at all. Unbelievable. And now, now, now on a good note, Yankees, Yankees playing right now. Yankees up 10-4, bottom of the seventh on the Kansas City Royals. They're 9-2 last 11 11 against Kansas City going into tonight. They won last night 7-1. CC is 13-5 in 21 career appearances at Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City, tied for the most wins by an opposing pitcher. And he had a good outing, one run, and he beat four four previous starts, 22 runs allowed. Sanchez hit a home run last, last night. Three home runs this year, all on the road. Carter, 13 career hits for KC. Six of them are home runs. And listen, KC has been held to one run or fewer 13 times this year, most in Major League Baseball. Pineda tonight. Pineda tonight. Did he go the distance? No. I think he's he's long gone. Is he long gone? Pineda went six, six hits, four runs, two base and balls, five Ks. They're in their third pitcher. And everybody, every Yankee, every Yankee starter has a hit tonight. Hicks has three RBIs. Gregorius has two RBIs. Castro's three for four. Judge, man. Judge is hitting 323. Chase Headley, hey, average a little down. Aaron Hicks with his seventh home run of the season already. Sanchez has one hit. And Brett Garner, two for four, with two RBIs. Not bad. Garner's a triple two tonight. I thought this was interesting. A-Rod declined to answer if he was invited to Jeter's retirement ceremony. Says he was with his mom for Mother's Day. What do you think? You think he uh, he was not, not allowed to come? I don't know. I don't know, but, you know, you can use the Mother's Day excuse. You can. You can. But I don't know. That, uh, <laughs> kind of funny, right? Kind of funny. Also, Girardi said that uh, Tanaka's terrible outing on Sunday night against Houston where he yielded four home runs, gave up eight run runs in one uh, two-third innings, said it was mechanical problems, not an injury. He said his front, front shoulder was flying open. Okay, I'll buy it. I'll take the bait. I'll take the bait. Yeah, I, I wanted to check to see how. I'd be shocked if they, yeah, they're only up by they're up by 16 with the three and change left, the Cavaliers. They're going to hold on. They're going to hold on. Listen to this. You got Golden State is now 10-0 and in the playoffs. And if the Cavaliers win tonight, that will be 9-0. and You're talking about the two teams, two best teams in the NBA after tonight could be 19, are going to be 19-0 in the playoffs. 19-0. Kind of unprecedented. Going into, I, don't, I don't know if that's ever happened. Both teams going into the finals without losing a game in the playoffs. I mean, they're bound to lose a game, but still. Both teams coming in really hot. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You know, A-Rod, stranger things have happened, right? Stranger things have happened. Now, 
Jets, I thought this was interesting. Matt Forte and the team leaders have conducted a lot of meetings during the offseason to address the culture in the locker room. This is per Rich Samini. I like this. Hey, you know what? They're just meetings, but you know what? Maybe they're saying, hey, you know what? What, what, what happened last year can't happen again. And Matt Forte is a guy, no bullshit, hard worker, team leader. Let's change the let's change let's change it. Let's change the culture in the locker room. And you know, Jamal Adams came in. Maybe he came in too. They said he came in as a leader. Maybe he came in and was like, you know what, this shit isn't working anymore. Let's let's fix it. Let's let's get the Jets in a new direction. Hey, anything. I'll I'll take anything right now. Also, former Pro Bowlers Matt Hasselback and Leonard Marshall will donate brains for CTE research to the Concussion Legacy Foundation. I think it's more and more guys are gonna be donating their brains. The list is going to keep growing and growing. And the judge dismissed the majority of claims made against NFL and painkiller lawsuit. Maybe they didn't have enough evidence, but there was a lot of guys who complained. about. I remember Keith Van Horn says he has, you know, he had a broken leg, they gave him so many pills, and he says he has permanent damage in his legs, I remember reading it. Listen, it's a little better now, but it's got to change, man. And Beth, Beth Mowens will be the first woman to call a nationally televised NFL game when she's going to announce with Rex Ryan the Chargers, Broncos, Monday Night Football, it's a, during the doubleheader of the second game, September 11th. How about that? She is. She knows her shit. She is the real freaking deal. And the Giants, hey, LeGarrette Blunt is not coming to the Giants. Got a one-year, $2.8 million deal per Ian Rappaport with the Eagles, 1,161 yards last year, 18 touchdowns, 5,000 yards in his career, 4.4 yards per carry, 49 touchdowns. And the Pats are going to get a compensation compensatory draft pick for, for losing LeGarrette Blunt. Of course, the rich get richer. And CBS This Morning, Giselle was on this morning saying that her, her hubby, Mr. Brady, had a concussion last year that wasn't reported. NFL refused the claim saying that no records that indicate he suffered one last season. Hey, if there's one team that hides his shit and hides it well and seems to get way, away with it more than they the more that they get away with it, more than they don't get away with it, that would be the Patriots. But we shall see. Golden said I talked about last night. Wow. And I, I just try to look up uh, for the Golden State game. Jaja Petrulia actually left the game with a bruised right heel scheduled for MRI today. And you have uh, Iguodala, who's also as sore as the left knee. He, he didn't play game two, only played 10 minutes game one. Listen, your bench score is 63 points. They don't have Kawhi Leonard. They also had 39 assists in game two, most by a team this postseason, and had 30 on the initial 38 baskets during the game. And how about, you want to talk about a city that's, the Washington, D.C. has not had a team of the four major teams, football, baseball, basketball, hockey, make a conference final since 1998. How about that? Game seven. Haven't, haven't won a game seven in 38 years. Poof, they lost game seven Monday night to the Celtics. They were actually up six going in the fourth quarter, and poof, it went away. Celtics down 22-8 and eight in game sevens, 19-4 at home. But they are not going to win tonight. James trying to make his seventh straight finals. He also said Celtics fan, born with pump. And he says don't need any extra hyping for Eastern Conference Final, whatever. Yeah. Now, Mark Cuban said the Mavs did everything possible to lose games once eliminated from the playoffs. He said on the Dan Patrick show, Adam Silver, what are you going to do about this? How is this good for basketball? We all know teams tank, but to say it like that, to be that arrogant, I mean, come on, Mark Cuban, really? It, it's, you know, you, you should want to play. 
You know, you play the game. You play to win the game. You play to win the damn game, right? Don't you? That's that's what I think. And to say that they, you know, they, you know, they pot, you know, did everything possible to lose games happens all the time. What are you going to do now? Lavar Ball on the other end, big baller brand. He said asking prices now up to three billion. He's smoking some really good shit. That's all I got to say to you. And sees no need to market to women, which is bullshit. Why would he not market to women? Why not? Well, you know, women play basketball too. What you? you, you I don't know. Sometimes the shit that comes out of his mouth is out of control. How about this? Also, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, not a guy that speaks lightly on anything, said kids aren't going to college to get an education. Uh, all the, the current one-and-done era is a travesty. He said they're not going to get an edu- education and play ball. He's not happy with that, the situation right now, but this is what it is. These kids, a lot of kids are going to college. They'd rather go pro. They can't go pro right away, so they're going to college for a year, which really they're not even going for a year. They're basically taking fall classes, and then they're dropping out second semester. A lot. I mean, they're not even finishing a year of college. And there are kids who get picked up, and there's a lot of kids who don't get picked up. And WNBA actually, WNBA uh, first live stream game on Twitter on Sunday, 1.1 million unique viewers, an average minute audience of over 62,000. That's about a third of, third of the people that watch uh, Thursday night football games. But still, you know, not too shabby, right? I mean, that's pretty cool. And the Knicks, how about this? 13 times since getting Ewing, they haven't moved up since. Actually, they were supposed to get seventh, but they dropped the eighth in the lottery. Boston, freaking the rich get richer. Now, who knows if they'll keep the pick or they'll try to get somebody with that pick. But but Boston gets the number one pick in the draft. And this all is because of the Celtics traded Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce, the Nets, 2000. Who'd they get? They get, I think they had the 2016, they got the 2018. They swapped this year, and they have the first-round pick next year, too. Markel Fultz from Washington is the number one pick. Lonzo, LaVar wants Lonzo to go to the Lakers, which could happen at number two. You got the Celtics, a 53-team winner, playing in the Eastern Conference Final. Then the Lakers. Now, if they had fallen out of the top three, their pick would have gone to the Sixers as a result of the Philadelphia trade with Phoenix two years ago. But as it is, Lakers second, Sixers third, Suns, who were the second best odds, fell to fourth. And the Sixers got the third pick after they activated a swap with, swap with the Kings, who took the fifth. Then the Magical pick six, followed the T-Wolves, the Kings, the Knicks, the Mavericks, the Kings again. So the, the Kings are going to pick fifth and tenth. Then the Hornets, Pistons, Nuggets, and Heat. How about that, huh? Also, Bruce Bowen before the draft, an ESPN broadcaster, former Spur, he uh, flubbed the line when interviewing Jonathan Isaac, a possible lottery pick. He said, uh, we make mistakes, Bowen said, adding, ain't that right, Coach Jackson? Everybody's busting on him. He thinks he'll get a, a capable player at number eight. Hey, he did get Porzingis with 2015 with the fourth pick. And also they traded for uh, Billy Hernan Gomez with the 35th pick the same night. Unbelievable. Nets dealt away the 2014, 2016, 2018 first-round picks, along with the right to trade picks this year. Man, that out of control. And the Nets are going to pick 27th. Cavaliers idle since May 7th. 
and how about in the you know you think about it game seven's when you got to show up well Celtics Wizards Celtics bench outscored the Wizards bench 48-5 nothing in the second half and Kelly Olenek 26 points playoff career high game seven previous high, best was 14 out of control right I mean it's just phew, unbelievable unbelievable I, I just can't believe they're having three days off between games two and three of the Western Conference Final. I just, I mean, it, it just, it blows my, it blows my mind, right? LeBron, uh, so one seventeen, one hundred four, kicking ass and taking freaking names. Hey, that's what you want to come in there and just, and just beat the shit out of them. And they did. Hey, you know what? You want to split the first two games. You win the first game. I don't. I mean, the odds. The odds are very strongly toward the Cavaliers, and I. I think it's gonna. They beat. They beat them. Beat them up pretty bad tonight. Unbelievable. We'll see what the Knicks can do. Hey, you know, maybe they'll pick Magic again. Maybe, maybe Magic. Now, people talk about how tough NHL players in the playoff. I talked about Joe Thornton with the Sharks, who played with the torn ACL, MCL. Well. Sami Salo is a retired defenseman who was a coach in his native Finland and a father of a young forward. He once played much of the regular season with the Senators and the entire playoffs with a torn labrum, which meant that lifting his stick to check an opponent often entailed he'd have pop his shoulder back into place on the bench. Now, the 2010 playoffs, he absorbed a shock to his groin. After doctors numbed the area, he played in the following game in which the Canucks were eliminated. And he had simple advice to young players today, do whatever it takes to stay in the lineup. And that's what they talk about, like a badge of honor. Like these guys have lower body, and and they don't have to. Uh, NHL teams don't have to report injuries. And a lot of guys, they talked about how uh, Ovechnik played with a lower body injury. They didn't report it until after the series ended. But they said all these guys are playing beat up. One one of the guys, I was reading an article today in the Times. I think it was Scott Cacciola wrote it. And one of the guys had his teeth knocked out that he even had trouble. It hurt him to breathe during the during the playoffs. He played, didn't miss a game. And that, these guys are, they're badasses, man. Hockey players get hit in the face, whatever. They are bad, badasses. Tough, tough guys. Unbelievable. All right, so I talked about the Knicks. Yeah, a Spurs fan suing. I mean, I, I mean, you know what? You got too much time in your hand if you're trying to, you're trying to sue a player for an injury to one of your players, a Spurs fan. Listen. That they, it shouldn't even be allowed to go forward. It should be like, okay, okay, let's 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 nip this in the bud right now and let's move on because it's ridiculous. You can't, you can't do this kind of shit. And Sunday was supposed to be the final final day for the McGregor Mayweather fight. Well, still nothing. Mayweather says delay on fight is you know. He says as soon as he hears from UFC, he said the fight is on. But right now, talk is cheap, and we ain't, we're not hearing shit right now. And Maria Sharapova denied wild card spot at French Open, which she's won twice. But, you know, they say people are not happy with her drug suspension and they're going to make it tough on her. I wonder if that means what it's going to be like for her at Wimbledon this year. Because she doesn't have enough points to qualify she is to get into wild card entries. Well, hey, if the French is keeping her out, I don't see any reason why not the... 
Wimbledon will do, not do the same, right? Now, I've got a couple NFL things I want to talk about. They're talking about Jordan Howard was the sleeper running back last year. Uh, Samaji Perrine from Oklahoma is with Washington. Now, this is a guy who broke Billy Sims' record for Oklahoma rushing yards for a career over 4,000 yards. And they're talking about that he could replace Rob Kelly's starting running back in week one. We shall see. Also, Dalvin Cook, you got it going against free agent edition uh, Latavius Murray in Minnesota. Joe Mixon versus Jeremy Hill, who only averaged under four yards of carry last year. Also, you got Giovanni Bernard, who's coming off a torn ACL in Cincinnati. Also, you know, I always thought this was kind of stupid that. You know, the league prohibits rookies from fully participating in off-season programs until their school spring academic calendar is complete. It's outdated. I mean, what does it matter? You know what? What is it? You know what? I mean, <laughs> if anybody offered a job in real life and graduation was coming, you know, you would, you know, you would, hey, I got to go. But really? And they said there's nothing, nothing. They said reform is unlikely, but it, it's kind of ridiculous, isn't it? And the Steelers, they're talking about how Big Ben, you know, is talking about retiring, you know, his bodies, you know, he's... Not, he's got health concerns. Well, they got Joshua Dobbs out of Tennessee. Dobbs out of Tennessee in the fourth round. And a couple of years, he could be playing the smart quarterback. You know, it'd be very interesting to see what's going to happen on that front. And listen, the Packers, under Ted Thompson, 12 years of GM, at least one undrafted free agent has made the season opening 53-man roster. Last year, 70, 17 undrafted players saw snaps. And they said one of the guys to keep an eye on is linebacker fullback Cody Hyman out of D2 Washburn, who they're comparing. Now, this is a kid who play, grew up in Kansas in Baileyville, population 181 people, played eight-man football through high school. He was first noticed by longtime Bears trainer Russ uh, Ryderer, who now lives in Kansas. He goes, I had Erlacher at the Bears. I'm not saying Cody is Brian Erlacher because he's one of the special, you know, lifetime players you get to coach, but he's not that far off. And that's... That is high freaking praise. And Andy Benoit, listen to this. Since 2006, no team that drafted a quarterback in the first two rounds sat him for the entirety of his rookie season and then saw him become a long-term franchise quarterback. Only two QBs since 2006 who sat out their entire rookie seasons have even gone on to start at least 48 games. You want Who is it? Colin Kaepernick with the Niners and Chad Henney with the Dolphins. Now, if you go back before that, Carlson Palmer sat his first year with Cincinnati. Drew Brees in San Diego. Philip Rivers in San Diego. And Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. And also Tony Romo and Tom Brady. They were actually brought in to fill the back of the roster and wound up, you know. Well, Tom Brady was more than a quality starter. But still. And it's interesting. Both permanently replaced Drew Bledsoe. And Andy Benoit also talked about that the NFL and college games are drifting farther and farther apart. They said quarterbacks coming into the NFL less prepared each year. Now there's fewer chances of practice. And they, sometimes they just have to learn to f- play under the fire of live games. And he, I agree with him. Diminishes the NFL's product and it can ruin careers. Look at uh, David Carr. Should have had a longer career. Should have played a lot longer. But he got the shit kicked out of him when he was on the Texans. And, and they said the days of repetitive deep drop back passes are basically over. Now it's, a, you know, quickly after the snap, quick, short passes. It's more on the intellectual side of quarterbacking and less on the physical side. You know, you don't have to worry about throwing it long or hold it as long. 
you know, instead, of, instead of, you know, you're reading the defense more before the snap, which is how he's able to throw so quickly after it. And he's, Benoit says, you know, this is how most colleges operate, but they're executing many of these quick throws differently than you see in the NFL. He said the college hash marks are spaced farther apart, which allows for wider formations. The wider side of these formations, you know, create more defined, almost indefensible quick throws. And he says how, you know, college is just easier for the quarterback. But the CBA in 2011 reduced practice hours both during the season and and during the offseason. And, you know, backup players' reps disappear. There's barely enough time for the first teamers, teamers to practice, which means the only way to evaluate a QB, you know, is put them on the first team, and now you have a new starting quarterback. He thinks that in the next CBA, they can get back to practicing more. Developing quarterbacks on the bench needs to be a raw option rather than the pipe dream that has become. And this is, did you know this is the 10-year anniversary for games that we played in England? Do you give a shit? First game was Giants-Dolphins, 2007. Crazy, right? And one guy wrote a very interesting thing. He talked about how, you know, he's been reading an SI for over 50 years. Remember the articles of the 70? You know, the deterioration retired football players had to put up with. You know, they couldn't get out of bed without, you know, six aspirin. I always think of North Dallas 40 with Nick Nolte. I know there was just a movie, but the way he got out of bed and he felt every hit. And he talks about how, well, 40 years, little has changed. The NFL only reacts to problems when it has to. This guy says, maybe I'm wrong, but I believe that if the NFL could close their eyes, stick their fingers in their ears, and if the whole CTE issue would disappear, they'd be happy. He said, I still enjoy watching football, but feel guilty for doing so and cringe every time I see a helmet hit. If I feel that way after a lifetime of watching football, where's the next generation of football fans coming from? And Peter King and I, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, you know, it's, the, he spent everything they can to make the game safer, which really is uh, oxymoron, isn't it? I mean, can they make a game that is just a very violent game safer? Maybe a better helmet, but honestly, you got 250, you have massively huge men who are faster than lightning coming in and hitting each other. I mean, what, what do we expect I mean, I love it. I love watching it. I know people say, oh, well, it's really only like 12 minutes of action. But there's something about football I've always loved. I mean, I, you know, it was my biggest regret not playing. Looking back now, maybe it's a smart thing. I didn't, but it was one of my biggest regrets. One of my biggest, biggest regrets at one point. Now, I thought this was interesting about getting lifelong health care for the players of the NFL. Also, who wrote that piece was Rick C. out of New Orleans about the whole CTE thing. Thanks, Rick C. Now, he was talking about lifelong health care. This is Steve T. from Peoria, Arizona. He feels that they should give up, you know, that during the next CBA talks, they should give 10% of the pool of money that funds the salary cap and put that toward lifelong health care for the players. You know, they said, he said, what basically will, you know, they get along fine. The guy's making 10 million, 9 million, 4.5 million, 900,000. It still would be. It might be a short-term loss, but a long-term gain for each player, their well-being. I, I don't think anything's wrong with it. I think it should come out of the owners. I think it should come maybe 5% out of the salary cap and 5% out of the owner's take. Or maybe, you know, I, I don't feel, why do the players have to be the ones? But I feel that these players should get health care their whole lives. And I think that it's a $12 billion a year industry. I think that's the money should come from somewhere and take care of these players. Because I think if they only get health care up to five years, then they're 
they get reimbursed, but it's complicated things. I mean, I read a couple articles how much work they have to go through to get the money back and prove that they have a condition, and if it makes it a pain in the ass, just like uh, every healthcare system. Yeah. Now, also, Ottawa, 4 nothing. they were up in the first. They actually yanked the goalie. The Penguins yanked the goalie. Ottawa's up 2-1. They won 5-1 today. Yankees are up 11-4, top of the ninth. All right. Yankees are going to close it out. That's what we like. And I have trivia questions for today. You know, it's, I, I thought I was going to get go on so long about the... I can't stand these days off in between games. Actually, I don't know. That's what I wanted to check. I don't know. I wanted to see when the next game of basketball is. I wanted to see when... Okay, so there's they're playing tonight. Friday. Friday's the next uh, Cavs game. Then they don't play until... They play Sunday. That's interesting. So they're going to play every two days. They're playing Wednesday, Friday, Sunday because they're trying to catch the two series up. Right? And that's why they're maybe spreading it out. But still, 16 days for the Celtics-Wizards series. It should never take that long. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. Ever. All right. Trivia questions. For JD Talking Sports, drop the G on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, subscribe on iTunes. All right. What two major league clubs have had four 20-game winners in a season? There's two major league clubs that have four 20-game winners. Well, the 1920 Chicago White Sox and the 1971 Orioles with Jim Palmer, Dave McNally, Mike Kalar, and Pat Dobson. Tonight's question, who was the last major league baseball player born in Ireland to have played in major league baseball? Who was the last major league baseball player born in Ireland to have played in major league baseball? Folks, all right, Yankees about to close it out. I want the Cavs to blow out the Celtics. The Celtics already had a good year. They're going to get the number one pick in the draft. They don't deserve more. Let's not get greedy. So let's get him blown out. I want to see LeBron in his seventh straight finals. I want to see him beat Golden State again and shut up Golden State. That's all I got to say. All right? Jets, hey, try to change the culture. That's all I can ask for. Change the culture. Will he to win? I'm not sure. Folks, have a great night. I'll talk to you soon. Peace out.